0: making me all nervous and stuff. I wasn't nervous. Thanks for the standing. Beige, wow. My goddaughter's here. She's over there. She's pointing at me. Hi, baby. Hi, baby. There she is. She really is a baby. She's so cute. She came to see her uh, her Nina. I, hi, I see you. <laughs> She's taking pictures of me. Well, this is it. It starts tonight. It's going to be Panda mania, but not pandemonium, because it, it will not be out of control too much. But our plan um, is.
1: Um, pardon me. Yes, sir. You know what? What? Did you I forget? I was just something? thinking about something. Hmm. She had a tree set up. Oh, yes, I did. And she it was so awesome. This is another little. She's a detail person, and I love this. She had a tree set up, and you could pick off. Anything you wanted to help with, right. with uh, VBS, cotton balls. Mm-hmm. I mean, the smallest of things, and it went all the way up to like a $500 little tag. If you wanted to just donate $500, mm-hmm. I noticed mm-hmm. that the $500 tag it stayed. stayed on yes. the tree. I know. So how about we as a church pull that tag off right now? Ushers, quickly, come on, get your bags. Let's take care of this just like that. I'm going to take up another. all oh, this is right off the cuff right here, folks. Okay? If everybody in here gave $20, bucks, we would have it done and then some. Come on, let's give another g- quick offering to help the children, help this ministry. Can you help me real quick, everybody? This would be so easy. This will just be done we, like that. You're right. I love it. I'm going to give you about 30 more seconds. <laughs> you don't care if I do this real no, quick, do you? No, <laughs> Is that all right?
0: Well, okay, if you have to. All right. right. (laughs) We're doing it for free. So
1: so this
0: is the way we do it for free. That's
1: right. This is how we are able to offer something like this for free is everybody chipping in 20 bucks or so. It's really awesome. So, Father, thanks again. God, we're blessed, and we want to be a blessing now. So use this to reach children in Jesus' name. Come on, everybody. Amen.
0: Amen. Well, thanks, Pastor Steve. Now that all the money's taken care of, I can check that big thing off my list. Thank you very much. I I posted on Facebook that my to-do list kind of felt like Godzilla coming after me, and I was the village that it was going to attack. So now you've just crossed off a whole bunch of things off my list. So thank you for killing Godzilla. Good job. Excellent. You're very good at it. Uh, So do I have any pandamaniacs here? Those would be my volunteers. If you're a pandamaniac. Yeah, I can't believe it took me till one in the morning to remember that to make up that name. That's great. These are my volunteers, just a few of them. I think we have uh, over 40 volunteers, which is great. But you know what? If we get 200 kids in here, I'm gonna need some more. So if uh, I want to invite you back tonight at 6:30, the front sections will be reserved for little ones, fifth grade and under. But you can have the whole rest of the sanctuary to come and experience Pandamania, where God is wild about you. So, in case you didn't realize it, God is wild about you. He wants you to feel so full of Him that it pours out of you. So, Psalm 139 is where we're going to go first. I'm going to give you the verses we're going to study every night. You can kind of let them marinate in your heart real quick. Why did I say marinate? Now my stomach's growling. I'm going to get you out of here at time for lunch. Because I heard there's this food truck fundraiser over at Kennedy High School. And so you don't even have to move your car. You can just walk over there and eat food truck food, which I heard is really good. See, I'm hungry. Okay. Ready? Psalm 139, we're going to start at verse 14. And this is the way it's going to be presented to the kids. So if it's different in your Bible, don't be offended. It's just a little different wording, kid wording. Verse 14, thank you for making me so wonderfully complex. It's good to be complicated. Be glad. Verse 4, you know what I'm going to say before I even say it. This is the writer of Psalms. This is David. He's talking to God. And it's, it's all throughout this verse. There's good. There's really good things. God, thank you so much for this and for this. And there's a little bit of in here. There's a little bit of, God, the things that that you hate, I hate. The things that you don't like, I don't like. But God, thank you, verse 24, for leading me along the path of everlasting life. See, there's a part of us inside. I I tell the kids, it's the part of you that looks like God. It's the part of you that makes you who you are, that gives you your amazing personality. Your outside only does so much. It's your inside that makes you who you are, and that's the part that's supposed to be the most like God. I don't know what God looks like on the outside. I'm pretty sure he doesn't look like any one person in here, or we would all look the same. So our insides are supposed to be as much like God as possible, and that inside lives forever. I want to be on the path of everlasting life with a God who wants to give me good gifts, take me to a place of goodness, I don't want to be on the path of everlasting life to trouble and heartache and destruction. So he's saying, David's saying, thank you for leading me on that path. Verse 5 says, you place your hand of blessing on my head. God's plan is to bless you. God's plan is to prosper with you. God's plan is to grow you into this big, amazing, grown-up, spiritual adult. But I'm going to call you a little bit of a name real quick, okay? Don't be too offended. Media department, can you help me out with that? Can you show this? I got to watch it.
2: I know a man, maybe you know him too. You never can tell, he might even be. John 316, he's got the beat.
0: It but I think there's some fat babies here. There might be some skinny babies, meaning you just gave your heart to Jesus, you're considered a spiritual baby, and it's okay that all you drink is spiritual milk. You're learning, just like it, just like baby Salome, she can't handle steak yet. But if you've just said, You know what, I want to be on the path, the God path to everlasting life, you're You're a spiritual baby, and that's okay. But let me just tell you what Paul says. Turn in your Bible real quick to Hebrews 5, 12. See, Paul wrote all these letters. I have so many bookmarks I can't keep track. He wrote all these letters encouraging the people, telling them how to grow and how to be the best Christians they could be and in um, Hebrews 5:12, he says, the, "This is, in fact, by this time, you ought to be teachers. You need someone to teach you the elementary truths." He's like, "But you can't teach." See, you need to learn all over again. You need milk, not solid food. Anyone who lives on milk is still an infant, is not acquainted with the teachings of righteousness, but solid food is for the mature. Who by, underline a word, ready, here it comes, constant use, have trained themselves to distinguish good from evil. Now, my goddaughter, she's so cute. She loves coffee. I'm not exactly sure why. All the children my mom helps to raise love coffee. They all drink it. I guess it's because if, if she has it, they want it. And my goddaughter, from the time she was teeny tiny, always says, <sighs> at the coffee not hot, it's ah, and she knows, so she has to wait, and when it's finally not she'll drink it, if there's any left in the bottom of the cup, this little baby, downs it, I know, she's caffeinated already, sorry mom, (laughs) I didn't teach her that, my mom taught her, it's okay, I probably drank coffee when I was a baby too, maybe that explains why I'm so, I don't know. It's starting to wear off, so it might actually make sense right now. So we'll see. But he's saying to them, he's, he's saying to these to these people, he's saying, you guys should know more than this by now, but you're still acting like a bunch of little babies. And in uh, 1 Corinthians 3, 1 through 3, I'm not going to have you turn there, but he's talking to the Corinthians and he says, look, you guys are bickering about who's better and who's this and who's that. You need to grow up, you babies. You need to get some spiritual food in your belly I you need to stop acting like a bunch of little babies that don't know any better. I do not expect an infant to be able to recite the books of the Bible and tell me what they did in their Bible study. I don't. The kids in the nursery, they know Jesus loves them. They, knows, they know that they should obey and they should share and they should be kind. Those are bite-sized food for toddlers and kids. But Once you become a spiritual toddler, then the milk bottle needs to get used less and less. And the grown-up food needs to get more and more, right? I don't know very many babies that want to just keep sucking on their bottle for their whole life. If you saw a 12-year-old walk in here and sit down with Pastor Dave with his milk bottle, wouldn't you think something was wrong? If you've been a Christian more than a few days, months, months, weeks, whatever it's taking for you to grow, you should be moving on to baby biscuits, bite-sized devotions that aren't super hard. You don't have to start reading the Bible in Hebrew, okay? That's not what I'm asking you to do. I'm not saying join everything in the church, and if you don't, if you don't live here, then you're doing it wrong, but VBS is an introduction for kids. It's not the discipleship program for your children to become instant grown-ups doesn't work like that four times i four times that's what we get to share the bible with them we get to pray for them for the gifts of salvation and the infilling of the holy spirit maybe two or three times a year but guess what parents you get them the whole rest of the time you can be training them in the ways of god to the point where they are spiritual grown-ups before they're even out of high school You can have spiritual grown-ups, and they can't vote yet. It's okay. How amazing would it be to see an eight-year-old leading people to the Lord on the street because he's so full of God, and he has a grasp of the understandings of the teaching of God to know this is what it takes to be a follower of Christ. I have to be on the path of everlasting life, and I have to keep learning and growing. Now, let me tell you about this first fat baby. There's going to be four fat babies And four fat baby characteristics. I hope you don't get offended. If you're a brand new Christian, I'm not talking bad about you. I'm helping you to identify where you're going to need to start growing. That's it. If you're a grown up in Jesus and you're still hanging on the milk bottle of one of these, you better lay it down today. Fat baby number one, we're going to go back to verse 14 of Psalm 139. Thank you for making me wonderfully complex. Turn in your Bibles, Genesis 25. All the way back. Not all the way, all the way. Genesis 25. We're going to start at verse 21 and we're going to skip around. This is 25 to 32 in like two minutes. There's a lot in here. You will understand the story a lot better if you make a note to go back and read it later. You'll understand what this selfish baby was doing his whole life. But here's selfish baby, Jacob, not Esau, Jacob and Esau. Genesis 25, here we go. Isaac prayed to the Lord, his dad, on behalf of his wife, who was barren. The Lord answered, and his wife, Rebecca, became pregnant. This is not why I picked it, because it has my name, promise. Just a really good, fat baby story. The babies jostled within her, and she said, why is this happening to me? And she went to inquire the Lord. The Lord said, there are two nations in your womb, two peoples, from within you will be separated. One will be stronger than the other. The older will serve the younger. And then out comes the babies. It's finally time to deliver the babies. The first one comes out and he's red and hairy. And they named him Esau. Which I think means red and hairy. Very glad your parents did not pick the first description of you. Aren't you? You come out and the first thing they do cone head. (laughs) Wrinkles? of my, I don't know. Can you imagine walking around? Hi, what's your name? (laughs) It means conehead in ancient American. (laughs) Jacob, poor guy, comes out right after. He's grabbing onto his brother's heel. They name him Jacob, which means, I think, grabbing the heel. Uh, Still, I wouldn't prefer that name. My poor mother, I think I was five weeks late, right mom? Five? Yeah, she's nodding, five weeks late. Jamie, I promise they don't do that anymore. My grandmother was visiting and from what I remember of the story, my grandmother was telling my mom, well the baby must be dead, she's not moving in there, he's not moving in there. And uh, the day I was born, my dad took her to the airport. So I think I waited until she was leaving before I came out. Call me dead. (laughs) Good thing my mom didn't say that. Not dead. Hi, I'm not dead, Becca. Nice to me. That'd be a weird name. But anyway, Jacob and Esau, they come out, they grow up. Esau becomes a what? Hunter. Outdoorsman. Any outdoorsmen here? Esau's the other kind. Look, y'all are lying. You're just hitting there. Pastor Steve, good job. I was going to pick on Commander Stacy, but I did that in the first service. I didn't want to overdo it. You like to hunt and gather and fish and camp and dirt does not bother you. That's Esau. Jacob, on the other hand, he wanted to do the more docile things. He wanted to plant the vegetable garden closer to town. You know, he, he liked to sit and talk. and he's You know, well, the birthright goes to the oldest. The birthright, especially here, the birthright was a promise for a nation to be born of you. It's a big deal. And you know what he did? Selfish Jacob stole it from his brother. Doesn't that sound selfish to you? Now, here's here's your spiritual application of this. He was a grown-up when he stole it. I always thought he was like a teenager and it was like a prank or something, but I went back and I reread it. He was a grown-up who was married with children. Old enough to know you're not going to get the first birthright. Go make your way. Instead, he stole it. He was selfish. And throughout his life, God had to intervene through dreams, and in one of them, he even wrestles God. Now imagine that one. Victor's a wrestler. Victor, can you wrestle God? No. He's like, no way, man. I ain't going to do that. He wrestled God and lived to tell about it. But he was so selfish, God had to go that far to get into his head. Babies are supposed to be selfish. They're supposed to be because it's how they survive. This is mine. This is my milk. You can't have it. This is my mommy. No, you can't take her away from me. But a 14-year-old should be able, right? Right? to be away from their mommy and daddy for a little while without having a bad dream or a nightmare or a crying fit or a a tantrum. I mean, wouldn't it be weird to see a 14-year-old in the cart at Target? No, I want the ball, mommy. I want the ball. Put me in the truck cart, mommy. I don't want to go in the regular one. 14? 14? You'd just leave the store, wouldn't you? I would just leave the store. I'd just walk away. Because I wouldn't help but go, is there a problem? Jacob was selfish. And although he had his periods of growth, I don't necessarily feel it was until late in his life that he finally broke the selfishness enough to become less, more of an adult and less of a spiritual baby. What a fat baby number two. Verse four of Psalm 139 says, you know what I'm going to say before I even say it. So if you turn in your Bible to Luke, we'll see the second one. First one is selfish. Maybe you won't let God do what he needs to do because you think you could do it. But God, I need to hold on to all of these things. All of this stress right here, I need to hold it mine. You can't have it. No, no, uh uh-uh. God's saying, no, give it to me. Let me have it. No, mine. Well, Peter, his self-importance kept him from growing up. In this part of Luke, they're at the Last Supper, and Jesus is saying, now look, one of you is going to betray me. And they're all like, oh, no, it couldn't be me. Oh, no, it couldn't be me. Who is it? And then they started, well, who's the most important here? Who's the best here? Jesus is preparing to die for our sins, and they're whining about who's better than them. So Jesus says, look, one of you is going to betray me. And Peter, of course, no, it's not going to be me. I would go to the cross with you. I would do anything with you. I would die with you. And he says, you know what, Peter, your big mouth, guess what? Before the rooster crows in the morning, today, you are going to deny you even know who I am three times. Now, do you think when that rooster crowed, Peter's light bulb went on, and he suddenly turned around and went, God, forgive me. No. His self-importance, his self-preservation, his arrogance, his cockiness, his presumption, his inability to give God control kept him trying to figure out what to do. He went back to fishing. Now, Jesus dies for, his, for our sins. He's buried. Three days later, or three, I, I can't exactly remember, three days, three nights, three mornings. I don't remember. Anyway, three days, we say. Let's not get technical. Three days later, he comes back to life. An angel of the Lord comes. And sits at the tomb the girls come to put spices on the body of Jesus cuz that was their tradition And there's an angel sitting there and the angel says now I want you to go tell the boys and he names them off and Peter Jesus is here he's alive and he, they need to come find him he's gonna come find them and Peter big mouth liar self-important Peter got mentioned specifically of a bad for those disciples that weren't like always mentioned all the time? They were just the disciples? They turned out to be really great too, most of them, except for that one. So Peter is fishing. Didn't catch anything all night. He grew up a fisherman, grew up near the sea, knew what he was doing, couldn't find a fish. Why is that, Pastor Becca? Because God was teaching him a lesson. You ever uh, got off the freeway and tried to hurry and get somewhere and you get every red light all the way? That happened to me this morning. I'm getting ready to leave. My mom says, There's an accident on the usual route. Don't take it. So I go the other way, which means more stoplights. No problem. Red light, red light, red light, red light, red light. Remember I said the Godzilla list was already creeping in? God was trying to teach me a lesson. Slow down. I'm trying to use it right now, really. I'm talking much slower than usual. So they're they're in the boat. They don't catch any fish. Jesus yells from the shore. He must have had a really loud voice. Either that or they were on their way in. What do you think? He shouts to them, hey, try your net on the other side. Can you imagine telling a commercial fisherman, hey, you didn't do it right. My sister's husband is here. He's a longshoreman. He can drive... Uh, He can uh, operate those machines that take the containers off the ship, the ones really tall that look like giraffes. Wouldn't it be funny, Steve, if I said to you, hey, I know how to do that better than you. I never took a lesson. He'd go, okay, climb up the 15 flights of stairs and show me. That's what he would say. Commercial fisherman is probably going, who is this bonehead on the shore telling me what to do? I've been out here all night. But he throws it in. His turning point was when he got to the shore and Jesus makes breakfast and he's talking to them. He says, hey, will you, you love me, right? Yeah, I love you. Feed my sheep. His sheep are not animals. His sheep are the people that need to hear about God. And he says, well, um, yeah, of course I love you. I'll do it. See, his self-importance turned into humility because he figured out it's not about me anymore. It's about Jesus. See, when you stop putting everything of you before God, you get a flip in your mentality, and you start seeing things from another perspective, and you start realizing there's much more that I need to do that doesn't revolve around how am I going to pay this bill? What if the car breaks down? Oh, my my family members are sick. I don't know what I'm going to do if the rent doesn't come in because you put God first and you second, he goes, all right. Some of the stubborn's washed away. Some of the self-importance washes away. It's a good place to be. So, are you stubborn? I mean, selfish or self-important? The third one is stubborn. Lead me along the path of everlasting life. There is a Bible character that asks how to... How a Bible character, a real person. Sorry, you Bible character in my head. In Mark chapter ten, he's a rich young man or a rich young ruler. Some of the Bibles will say, and he goes up to Jesus and he says, "Hello, good teacher," which in their original language was a phraseology that was like, "Hello, good like God person of much knowledge, high respect value." Jesus says, hey, why are you calling me good? There's only one good, and that's God. He recognized there was something in Jesus that made him better than all the other teachers. He says, hey, what do I need to do to get everlasting life? He says, well, do you follow the commandments? And he starts naming them off. Yes, of course, since I was a boy. That is how come I am so rich and famous now. I'm adding that part in. Jesus says, well, there's one thing you lack. You need to sell everything and give it to the poor. Um, (laughs) So, Pastor Becca, you're saying we need to give everything away to get salvation. No. Jesus wasn't saying that either. He was helping this guy realize, look, you have something more important than giving, submitting to my authority, and it's you. You're more important. You're own self-gratification and improvement is more important to you than following and submitting to my authority. So if you submit to God's authority, sometimes He'll say no. Not, well, maybe later. He'll just say no. You can't do that anymore. And your natural tendency will be to, oh yeah, watch me. You tell a little kid, don't touch that. What do they do? Touch it. tell a little kid don't eat that what do they do (laughs) watch me wax fruit whatever (laughs) right well he was stubborn to submit to God's authority was going to give him his everlasting life when you no longer think you can do it by yourself any good path leads me to heaven I don't need to follow a religion as long as I am a good person. Well, maybe I'll dabble in different ways of living for God until I find the right one. There is a right one. When you grow off of spiritual milk, Jesus loves me, this I know, and you start reading it, you figure it out. You go to church, it helps. It's like when your mom cuts up the steak for you makes it easier for you to bite into. You still got to pick up the fork and put the meat on it and stick it in your mouth and chew it up, right? When you hear a sermon, it should not just go in the done, i checked off my list of to-dos. You should be chewing on it. You should be growing through it. You shouldn't just take what a pastor says and go, well that must be the truth. You should find the truth for yourself. That is how you grow into a spiritual grown-up. Babies, if they don't like something, they don't even really try chewing it. What does it do? It just falls right back out of their mouth, right? Here, try this yogurt, and it ends up on you, right? They're stubborn. Well, he was stubborn. He would not submit to God's authority. He walked away that day still. I don't even think a baby. Because a baby implies you at least understood it enough accept it you were born into new life you were reborn in now God's family this poor guy was just lost I don't ever see him again I don't know if he turned his life around or not fat baby number four reminded me of verse 5 you place your hand of blessing on my head why because he was short Hello, everyone. I am your Bible character. Give me all your money. Do you know who I am? If you've read the book of Luke, you know the story of Zacchaeus. He was the chief of the tax collectors. He was a publican. He was the most hated guy in Jericho. I think all the things I read about him, he was not nice. Because he just was a thief. Luke 19, 1 through 10 tells the story. Jesus is passing through Jericho. It's not his stop. He's going to Jerusalem. So he's stopping there. But he knows what's going to happen. Because he's God. Who knows and exists outside of time and space as we know it. And he knew there was going to be a person who was wanting to find out about him. He was swinish. I had to come up with an S swinish that means greedy because swine pigs what do they do eat fall asleep roll around eat sleep roll around eat that's all they do have you ever seen a pig and you give him one little leftover corn cob and then that's all he wants he's like thanks I'm done no no they just keep eating and eating and eating. I remember feeding pigs at my aunt's farm one time when we were kids. She goes, "Oh, it's okay. You can get in there with them. It's fine." Bad idea. Because you had food remnants on your fingers, they wanted to. They wanted those too. I I know. I jumped out of the. I was crying too. I jumped out. I'm like, oh, I gotta get out of here. So Zacchaeus was ahead of the cheats. Disliked. But he could have said, hey, I'll give you a break on your taxes if you get me to the front. He could have said, hey, you owe me from last week. Put me in the front. Move move around. Get these people to part. You know, um, I think of that movie Twins where it was the short one and the tall one. The tall one could have just said to the, for the short one, move, and everybody would have moved. Like in The Princess Bride. You guys remember that? The giant. Move out of the way, and they all part. He could have demanded that. He had something inside of him, an inner greed, to find out what Jesus was all about. He wanted to know. So that shows me he wasn't going to stay a spiritual baby. He had to know what is this God thing all about? But because he was so greedy, I think that's why he climbed the tree. He had to see it. Can you imagine Donald Trump climbing a tree? to see a religious person? Can you even imagine it? I mean, think of the richest person you know. I cannot even see them climbing a tree as a grown-up in a suit and everything. It just blows my mind. But he was that greedy for God, he had to see it. So he gets up in the tree, and Jesus already knows what's going on. He probably just had to find the tree, look for the one with the rich guy in it. He didn't even shake the tree. He didn't even have to go over to the tree and command the tree to bow down or anything like that. He said, hey you, Zacchaeus. Never been introduced. Come down from there. I'm going to your house. A religious man going to a sinner's house? He was not just teaching Zacchaeus a lesson. He was teaching all those people who were greedy in a different way. Greedy, judging, judging. My my ideas are right God is here to save the poor The blind, the lame, the sick Not those rich liars That take all my money That's what the people in the town thought Jesus wanted to make a point Not just to Zacchaeus The greedy man who was trying to find a way out But to all them other people Look, I'm here for everybody That's about time you figure this out He took him to the house first thing Zacchaeus says is all the stuff I have that I've gotten illegally that's wrong I'm going to give it back and the people I cheated I'm going to give them more than I cheated them for I don't know if that was to make Jesus feel more comfortable or if he was truly repenting but either way he was taking a step he was leaving the bottle of greed behind he was leaving the swinish behavior behind what I want to know is, are you ready to grow? Are you ready to be the spiritual grown-up God has asked you to be? 2 Peter 3.18 2 Peter 3.18 Peter is uh, praying, and at the very end of his prayer, in 2 Peter, he says in verse 18, but grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. He's closing his letter with a commandment and a prayer for them. And the New International Reader version, the easier-to-understand American-ish version, says, get to know him better at the end. If you want to get to know God better, you got to start doing some stuff to get to know him. I always tell the kids, I said, you know, you're never going to grow and by just coming to church once a week. Now, I need to start talking to the parents, and that's why I'm so thankful Pastor Steve let me come in here. Because parents, if you don't help them, they won't do it on their own. Very, 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 very few children will sit down and decipher a regular Bible without help. They need a version they can understand, but they need someone to explain it to them. If you're a spiritual baby, you don't understand all this stuff. There's some, there's some things that when you first look at it are contradictory. Because it doesn't make sense. It's so beyond our way of thinking because we don't think the way we want to think. We think the way God sees and thinks. So growing in grace and knowledge of Christ means you've got to do some work. In Colossians chapter 1, Paul is um, praying. Last one. Colossians chapter 1, verses 9 through 12. This is, it's, the section in my Bible is actually titled Thanksgiving and Prayer. So here's what he says. For this reason, since the day we heard about you, we have not stopped praying for you. And asking God to fill you with the knowledge of his will... Through spiritual wisdom and understanding just stop right there they're praying that God will fill them up with knowledge and wisdom and understanding that's from God if there's ever a place to get knowledge and wisdom and understanding it would be from a God who's seen it all who understands it all and who can break it down for you anybody ever been to a, a couple psychology classes they try really hard to get you to think in a different way. And if you take more than one at a time, your head gets so mixed up in all these new ways of thinking that suddenly truth is hard to find. And it's right then when the one that's trying to pull you from God who's that? Oh, you guys are asleep. Should I yell? Who's the one trying to pull you away from God? Satan, the devil, the one who got temporary control of the planet we live on, he's trying to get you as far away from God, the giver of good things as possible. So if your brain is searching for truth and not really understanding which one's the right way, what's he going to do? Guide you down the wrong path. Take you to the bridge out direction. Lead you to the path of destruction. Not building up. So Paul and his Missionary partners, every time they went anywhere, they prayed that God would give these people knowledge, wisdom, and understanding that comes from God. So that you may live a life worthy of the Lord and may please Him in every way. I do not please God in every way all the time. Anybody agree that they're the same way? I wish I could, but I can't. Maybe I have a little bit of a bottle attachment to some of these things. I'm still a spiritual baby in some ways, in some areas of my life. But God's been working on me, and he's been going, Hey, look, you, you don't need to drink that bottle anymore. Let's get on some uh, fish crackers and some juice here. Come on. Catch up with us. Put that bottle down. Come this way but God, the bottle tastes so good. It's convenient. I always know what it's going to taste like. Do I really have to try macaroni and cheese? I don't think I'm going to like it. But it's made with milk. No, I don't think I'm going to like it. I have some of those areas. You probably do too. I hope that all your spiritual areas are not bottle-feeding areas. But I'm pretty sure there's one or two that you need to work on there's a spiritual bottle you're holding on to God's going hey take it out of your mouth let's move on but God I really like this one no time to move on it's time to grow up grow up I don't want to get to heaven and God to see me with my my spirit self that's the part that gets to go to heaven I don't want him to look at my spiritual self and see a fat little baby. I've been working really hard on getting the outside of me to not be a fat little baby. And I've had a moderate amount of success. I still have a long way to go. But I feel so much better. People start noticing, hey, have you lost weight? And I go, actually, yes. Instead of, no, I'm just wearing bigger clothes today. I don't want God to see my spirit self and go, hey, fat baby, baby. You would have been a Nobel Peace Prize winning a grown up baby, but you know you're just a deeper baby may your cheese. I don't gotta do that when he sees me. He's not gonna see well done, good and faithful servant. He's gonna go, Oh, you so, so baby If you're a spiritual baby and you go to heaven, God's like, Woo! Hello, baby And he picks you up and he loves you. But if you've been a Christian long enough to be a grown up and you're still a baby, I have a feeling God's gonna look at you and go, No diapers in heaven. I just do not want that to happen to me. So there's a part of me that goes, but God, it's so hard. Self important, stubborn, selfish, swinish. Uh huh. There's some of that in me. I know. Shocking. You hired a stubborn, selfish, swinish, self important baby. What were you thinking? It's okay. He's one too, sort of, in a little bit, right? A little. Not all the time. I can outpray you, Pastor Steve. Ha, ha, ha. That's not what I'm talking about. I spend 28 hours a week reading my Bible. How much do you spend? Well, if you spend the whole time telling everyone you spent 28 hours, I'm pretty sure you're not putting into practice what you read. I'm sorry. These are not all my own words, okay? God wants you to know he wants grown-ups. He wants soldiers to fight the war against evil. He wants missionaries with a loving heart who will go pick up the poor, the widows, the terrified, and show them a loving God. He needs you to stop being a diaper-wearing, bottle-carrying little baby who won't grow up. If you are a diaper-wearing, bottle-carrying little baby, it's because you just got saved and God is standing right by you going, come on, baby, let me show you how to get better. Come on, baby, you can do it. He's not saying, come on, baby. He's not doing that. But if you are a like that Gerber commercial spoof, if you have a mustache and you're, you're that baby, he might be. He might be, because I'm sorry. If I saw a four-year-old throwing a tantrum for a bottle of milk when mom said no, the baby should stop. There should be some obedience there. If I saw a 14-year-old in the car having a temper tantrum at Target, it would be very hard for me not to say something. Now, I'm not saying walk around and judge everybody. Oh, yeah, spiritual baby, I could see it all over your face. You have your strained baby doctrine all over your face. No, it's not our job to do that. It's God's job. But I'm encouraging you to look at you. Does your diaper stink? Does your bottle need to get put away? Is it time for you to grow up? Because if it is, stop waiting for tomorrow and do it right now. The end of this says... He wants to have you bear fruit in every good work. Be strengthened in all power for his glorious might, that you might have great endurance, patience, and joyfully give to the Father. That sounds like something I want to be like. Have all power. Oh, yes, thank you very much. I'm going to be on the microphone next week. No, that's not what I mean but power to handle anything that comes your way without a baby tantrum coming on. Grace and good gifts. So do me a favor, close your eyes. This is something I do with the kids all the time. I pray. What? I know. Let's pray. God, if there's any sense to be made of my crazy message, it's that you are asking us to move to a new place. We need to stop acting like we can't, and start doing it there's been so many reminders that you are more than willing to heal to reveal new things to transform to provide overflow and to do more than we could have ever asked or expected all we have to do is start trying we have to put the bad attitudes the bad choices the bad judgment behind us we need to get off our bottles and start eating spiritual food. You are the mom who cuts the steak. You are the dad who helps us walk. You are the one giving good gifts. But a lot of times we get so wrapped up in our own self-importance, we can't even see you're there. God, I pray you would reveal to the people here that area of their spiritual walk they need to work on. There are those in this room who are babies in the faith of you. And you are encouraging them. You are walking beside them. You are filling them with milk because that's what they need. But they can too see areas that they can start working on. There are some of us in here who should be seven foot tall, basketball playing, steak eating, spiritual champions. But we still carry bottles in our backpack because there's those areas we don't want to grow up in. And there might be people in this room today who are trying to make sense of this whole baby thing and having an everlasting life. God, you are the author of wisdom and understanding, and I pray you would reveal to them what they need. I'm laying down my bottle if this is you agree with me I'm laying down my bottle God there's that thing you and I can both see it I need to work on I'm gonna pick up the fork I'm gonna dig into your word I'm going to meditate on what I know I'm gonna learn something new and I'm going to improve it I know it won't be easy because growing is hard and painful but you're going to be there with me you're going to be encouraging me and you're going to be helping me as long as I keep going so God hold my hand as I toddle to this new place when I fall pick me up and put the band-aid on but keep encouraging me to go keep going keep growing I will no longer be the fat baby in this area of my life. God, I pray for these uh, people in the room with me, that they would have latched on and made a decision to work on that one or two areas. And that as they work on them, God, that you would, in your own special way, with your mighty power, growing away. Provide healing and help and encouragement. Put those people around them who will help them to grow and spur them on to love and good deeds. You've planned amazing things for them, and it's about time they start doing it. It's about time they start reaping the benefits of being the king's child. God, may our stubborn, selfish, self-important, greedy selves be second to the love and the peace and the fruitfulness you want us to have. Thank you, God, that you're going to do some amazing things this week, and lives are going to change, not because of what I do, but because you're doing it all. We lay it all at your
1: give you permission, look at your neighbor and tell him, grow up. It's time to grow up. What a great word for us today. Isn't that a good word, a good reminder for us today? Grow up. It reminded me of when we were trying to uh, get Butler off of the pacifier when she was a baby. Butler was our pacifier baby. She had one certain drawer full of pacifiers. And we decided, okay, it's time. So we got, well, we thought we got rid of all the pacifiers in the house, but Butler was kind of like the drunk on Andy Griffith, you know, Otis. He had bottles stashed everywhere under the plant, under the floorboard. We'd get rid of all the pacifiers, and then I'd go to get her in the morning, and there she's got another one in her mouth. She had hid it under the the mattress, and she hid it in the car seat. They're everywhere. So we're constantly, it took us a week or so to truly get rid of all of them. But once we did, she was mad because she didn't think it was time to be off the pacifier yet. But see, we as the parents knew better. God knows better, see, folks. He knows it's time to get off the bottle, time to get off the pacifier, and it truly is time for us to grow Good word, good word. Thank you, Pastor Becca. We love you and we appreciate you. you. Everyone standing. Don't forget about tonight. We've got an awesome night in store for our kids. Pastor Moses, dismiss us in prayer.